0: Welcome, Iron Radio listeners. This is ironradio.org. I'm Robert Fortress Fortney, former editor of Muscle Mag, former competitive bodybuilder and powerlifter.
1: And uh, my name is Charles Staley. I'm creator creator of Escalating Density Training, author of Muscle Logic, and I am a competitor, competitive weightlifter on the uh, Masters circuit.
2: Uh, this is Phil Stevens. I am a competitive powerlifter, um, strongman competitor. Coach with Staley Training Systems and founder of Lift for Hope um, as well. If Julianne has her way, I'll be the next contestant on The Bachelor. So watch for that. That is
1: a sick idea. <laughs> I can't that condone
0: is... that. you on the <laughs> more to love
1: season two, Phil? Yeah, that's right. I think um, I just threw up a little bit in my
2: mouth. <laughs> <laughs> we got something a little different today. Um, we're gonna instead of doing having a, a kind of a formal guest that we're gonna interview, um, send out a, a shout out to the list here and uh, had a couple of people that listen to the show join us and uh, you know kind of uh, put in their two cents. So today we have with us we have Kale, Kale Beck, and uh, Scott Tully. Uh We we'll kind of let them introduce themselves. Kale, if you want to go first, just uh, say a few words about yourself, bud.
3: How's it going? Uh, names Kale Beck. Uh, Mediocre, lightweight, strongman competitor, just trying, and uh, been doing it for about three years, and just trying to heal up, and uh, try to get, you know. How are we uh, all? Oh, it. yeah. <laughs> Don't let me <laughs> <Kel,
2: laughs> tell you short, Kell's made some incredible progress, especially about the last year and a half. Yeah. So, we, we got him to eat, and decided, you know, he'd move up, and. You've been, your lifts have been going crazy. And then we got Scott Tully. Scott, do you want to say a couple things?
0: You know, uh,
4: Yeah, this is Scott Tully. I'm uh, the North American Strawman State Chair uh, for Kansas, also the 100% raw powerlifting state chair. I've been competing in string sports for about 20 years now. I think that's probably about enough. There you
2: go. So what we're going to do, they're just going to kind of join us for the topic of the day, put in their two cents, and then... Uh, After the topic, we'll shoot around some other questions and see what uh, questions other people have, if they have anything they want to talk about. All right, shoot the music. Here we go.
0: Right. Today's topic is uh I think I think one that we can all chime in on pretty uh astutely. I think uh collectively we have many, many, many years of uh experience hoisting iron and pulling and stuff. So the topic is mandatory movements uh and those that we deem to be less so. Um and I think that could be an interesting topic. There certainly there's lots of exercises that seem to be considered to be kind of uh um uh, just a given that I'm sure many of us uh those of us agree that aren't really ones that we should be paying too much attention to and certainly not prioritizing but uh it seems that a lot of certainly newbies in the in the gym focus on things that they really shouldn't be doing, so that's the topic of the day
1: There we go. It's an awesome topic, oh cool, no, it's a great topic and um i'll 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 throw my uh two cents into this and uh uh Unfortunately, I'm going to find myself complimenting Paul Cech for uh, popularizing this kind of idea some years ago, and I don't know if he originated this or started this uh, or or, uh, stole it from somebody else, but he came out with this idea of, I don't know how many it was, but it was like the seven or the nine or whatever primordial movement patterns. So, you know, he talked about squatting and lunging and bending and twisting and Vertical pressing and vertical pulling and horizontal pressing horizontal pulling, but the 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 bottom line is is that You can categorize all human movement into a, a, a relatively small number of categories and Then you can represent those categories uh, Through resistance training drills and that might involve also strongman drills or you know Olympic weightlifting or, or whatever it might be but You know, that would be my vote for the essential movements. I mean, I I think you have to lift stuff off the floor. I think you've got to squat. I think you've got to do some sort of unilateral lower body drill, whether that's lunging or step ups or pistols or whatever. And most of the strength sports, I think, are represented by those movements. I mean, if you think about a log clean and press. You know, it's a combination of, of, of pulling off the floor and, and vertical pushing and so forth and so on. So, uh, Well,
0: you actually made a very uh, good point, Charles, last week, I believe, when you were talking about how so few lifters af- actually often go into the gym and actually lift anything off the floor. Um everything's provided for them off racks or off a machine or off some sort of like, you know, um, support system in a power rack or something like that. But going to what you said there about... Um, You know the body and the limited amount of directions that it can move in, and how those can be represented through exercise. I've I wrote three or four years ago. I wrote an article about exactly that, saying how you know you could break it down pretty easily towards, like you said, um, pulling and pushing vertically and horizontally, and you know doing some sort of deep knee bend type movement, and you know kind of a extension and flexion throughout the the torso kind of a thing. And outside of that, um, it, it stands to reason that if 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 we agree that those things are kind of the the, the you know prime um mandate of the body that that we think it should be represented by things that are um most true to life as far as functionality um certainly as far as like you know funny movements that kind of reflect those things through uh, you know multi joint kind of a capacity
2: yeah um i think there's there's two big things that that kind of go wrong and uh people i think they today there's so much to do i think people need to kind of dumb it down a bit and and they, they concentrate too much on an implement or a machine and they need to just realize again those those basic movement patterns the pressing the pulling the you know squatting and then from there if you just get those good core five or six movements then you can realize you just use those with the other tools the so no one tool the kettlebell isn't perfect but it's a good tool. A barbell isn't perfect, it's a good tool. Same thing with a log. Um, characterize the the bigger, you know, nuts and bolts, and then you can use the other things to to build it. I mean, you can squat with a log,
1: you can squat with a bar, you can squat. That's right, that's right. In numerous right. And, and, ways. And people always talk about, think movements, not muscles, right? But I think you could also expand that idea to say, don't worry so much about what the implement is. If If you think snatching is a productive drill, you can snatch with a dumbbell, a kettlebell, a, a barbell. You can do it, a barbell with two hands, a barbell with one hand. You can snatch a sandbag. Uh, theoretically, you know, there's there's all sorts of objects you can snatch. So don't don't get too caught up in what the implement is or what the tool is. Yeah. Um, you can overhead press uh, a, a strongman log or a bar or dumbbells or kettlebells or sandbags or or kegs or stones or who knows what, right?
2: Yeah, that's and people seem to get too well. You know, do you hear it all the time? Well, just squatting and benching and pressing—that's it's boring. Well, not—it's not if you know there's ten thousand different ways to do it.
1: That's know? right, and 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 by the way, and this is a point that I'll make now. I was going to make it earlier, but you know, I've written about this in the past. But one of the characteristics of useful exercises is that they can be varied almost infinitely. So if you look at vertical pressing. Not only can you vertical press with a variety of different different implements, but you can press. You can push press. You can push jerk. You can do all of those with one hand or two hands. In the case of a barbell, you can press or push press or push jerk with a narrow grip or a wide grip. You can also do it from in front of the neck or behind the neck. So if you think about all the things I just outlined right there, I've just given you probably 36 different ways to press.
0: Well, it's actually funny. I was in the gym just last night. I was talking to a young guy, and I was just saying, you know, you know concentrate on, like I say, deadlifting, squatting, um, rowing, and pressing. And he kind of looked at me funny, kind of like, oh, just that? And I said, well, within the realms of just that, quote-unquote, there's multitudes of ways... Just to further what both you are, both you guys are saying to do, do those things. I mean, just the deadlift alone. He's like, "Well, what do you mean?" I said, "Well, you know, you sumo, conventional rack pulls, stiff legs, you know, like hybrids, yeah, what, yeah. whatever." It's it's like you say, it's infinite. So it's it,
1: it is infinite.
0: Absolutely. There's, there's and, but the problem is is most guys don't, you know, have the experience yet to kind of get to the point where they kind of um, they've learned the rules so they can break them and start kind of you know, um, you know moving things around, modifying them and discovering all these different ways of doing these exercises.
2: I mean, I, I know Kaye and, and Scott have, have something to say on this. It's coming from a strongman background. I mean, there's uh you know, what do you guys see as, you know, kind of the mandatory and what, what are people doing that's kind of out
3: there? Well, well um, me personally, uh, my little brother just turned 18. And, uh, the stuff his friends say to me, always cracks me up. Uh, it was yesterday. What, um, Last week, what did one of them say? He said, uh, do you think it's better to bench every day or every other day? (laughs) And I went, (laughs) I was like, like, once a week, maybe twice if you want to do incline or something else. But I said, well, you know, it's like, what else do you do? They don't have any variation. And, you know, I don't think anything is really a, a useless movement. It's just, you know, like you guys are saying, it needs to be a... Less of a priority, and it depends on what sport or what your overall goals are. You know yeah.
1: how advanced you are as a lifter in the first place. Yeah, great point, Scott. Uh,
4: yeah, I, I pretty much agree with the what, what was said. You know, the one thing we tell guys because I've got I've got guys that come in to train with me and stuff. You know, from the level, you know, we have John, we had John Connors come in who now is on you know just top ten guy in the U.S. And came in with very little lifting experience. So the one, the one I always tell guys is, no matter what you're doing, you know, is make sure you're doing something to get better. Yeah. You know, I see a lot of guys, you know, you know, they're getting ready for a meet and they're doing something so obsolete that it isn't getting them in any way, shape, or form better or stronger for what their goals is. At the same time, you know, you can't have a guy log press eight weeks in a row. Yeah. You know, you can't have a guy do the same farmers run eight weeks in a row. So we try to mix it up and do different things too with our with our training. I the main thing a, is you know yeah keep it with the basics and you know finding some variations of the basics.
2: I think stuff. that's a great point you made there about I think the number one thing and the hugest fault people have really when it comes down to it is no no exercise is bad. You know I don't there aren't hardly any machines that are bad. It's that they're not doing things for a reason.
0: Right, right. stole the words right my mouth. I was things. about to say yeah, it's just, it's that whole idea that people go in the gym and they they just kind of mindlessly do something without kind of any idea of why exactly they're doing specifically that. Yeah. It's like it, you should look over your training and say, "Is there anything I'm doing here that doesn't directly relate to what, where I want to be?" You know, in a year or so. I mean, and you, so many people, when you, when you present it to them like that, they find that there's just so much frivolous stuff that I mean, you could just chuck right out. It just it has no place in, in the in the routine, really. Yeah,
2: I mean that's a. You hear it time and time again, and I've said it time and time again, about things like, you know, arm curls or whatnot. And it's like, yeah, it's a very, it's you know, it's probably three down on the tree, you know, of important things to do. Because if you're rowing and whatnot and you're putting your bicep in your arm in flexion, it's you're going to use that thing. Mm-hmm. But there is a place for it. I mean, like me, I'm doing them every week now. And, you know, I blew my bicep. It's a weak point for me. There's, so there's a reason why I'm doing it. You know, I mean, I, I it's a weak point. I'm trying to bring that up. Um Try to address that with your training and your exercise choices. Don't
1: I think we should rephrase. It. Let's rephrase this topic to what is the most useless resistance training drill you could possibly oh. do in the gym? So that would be a more that would be a more uh, interesting way to approach okay.
0: this. But I also want to. That's good. But I also want to touch upon just uh, again, honing back to what I was saying about a collective experience that we have. I mean, there must be certainly with Charles and 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 you. There's got to be those exercises that you've just completely abandoned and that you've just wiped from the you, – that you'll never do because you find out that they're um, damaging over the long haul or you think they just don't do anything. So those kind of – both those things kind of bleed into each other. So yeah. let's go with Charles's kind of um, direction first, I guess. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of essentially the same thing, but um, we can get to specifics later. But, I mean, yeah, let's go with that whole thing. I think that's a good good way of
1: going. I, I won't go with pec deck and tricep kickbacks because I, I just – hammer on those all the time, but I'll tell you what, man, I think a leg curl is the most ridiculously useful, useless drill imaginable. I mean, I just, I think the only functionality would be like if you were in some kind of a very rare situation in like a mixed martial arts caged fight where you're lying on the floor face, face down and your opponent is <laughs> straddling you facing your feet Bending his knees, and then you could sort of like hook kick him into the groin. That would be about the only functional use I could think of for that exercise. So that'll be my vote. It <laughs> well, you know, could happen. Up, did that that probably didn't translate very good. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll try to come up with like a video just so that you, you guys go. can get a better we'll picture. We'll some of that. YouTube
0: on that one. Oh, yeah. Geez. No, I I agree though, and it. it's certainly with the triceps kickback. I think that you that that I've I've written numerous times about the the absolute uselessness of that exercise. Yeah. Why anybody would choose to do that, I have no idea. Certainly, if you understand the whole concept of, you're so limited to what you can use because of just the positioning area, and, and well, I don't you know, know. But I mean, let, it let just me seemed... let me
1: just answer that question. I mean, the reason anyone does that is because you can feel it. Yeah. That's the only reason anyone does that exercise is because you can kind of feel that sucker burn. That's the only reason.
0: And we all go for the burn, right? <laughs>
1: um, for, I guess
2: for mine, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay away from the. the classic ones that you always hear kickbacks and whatnot. And I'll just go with I'll go with two things that I have found out that I just can't do. And they're actually exercises that some people can and, and find very useful. Um speed bench. Can't do it. Um within a week or two I am my elbows are killing me. I'm on fire and I'm in nothing but pain. It's uh the reward isn't worth the risk
0: for me. What kind of percentages are you using?
2: Sixty to seventy percent.
0: Yeah, I, I see, but I, I would I would uh, argue that that's, those percentages are too high for that.
1: I'd go with 58%. <laughs> <laughs> well, my problem is it comes from that speed, that
0: wham,
2: and it's locking it out. Uh, I've went lower, and I'll actually do, I guess, what you'd call speed work, but heavier. I'm trying to move the damn bar fast when I'm in the 80, 90 percent <laughs> range. You know, the but that? I, there's not that slam in the end, you know? And that's what seems to kill my elbows, is the, is the lighter weight speed work. Um, another one. Let's see. Um, chins. I can't do chins anymore. I jacked up my rotator cuff, and uh... I've tried to go back to them three times now. And within two weeks, going back to chins. I love the exercise. It's a very useful exercise. But you know, again, it's finding out what works for you. And I can't do it. You
0: know, it, it lights up my. I think show. when you're doing chins, I think you get to a certain body weight where it just becomes. Ridiculous.
2: Yeah, that's it. I jacked up my rotator cuff. Because I was doing chins. I was 280 pounds with the 100 pound strapped to me, and
0: and I also think that just doing them when we get to a certain weight puts way too much tension on on like yeah. the biceps tendon and so forth. Yeah. At some point, I mean, unless you like do like 10 minutes of light barbell curls beforehand, so you're like
1: you guys you know. are pussies. Come on.
2: <laughs> pussies. So I mean, those are those are the two, and those are more controversial. I mean, those are both I think useful exercises for the right person. Right. I'd like to
0: throw in things like, and I know they have an application for sure, but I'd like to say that things like lateral raises and so forth, yeah. um, I think anything where you're extending yourself outside, away from your body like that is just, generally speaking, not a good idea. Yeah. Um, I think it places too much stress on certain um, articulations. Um, I'd also like to say that pressing over your head, if you're sitting perfectly um, perpendicular to the floor, I think that's a little bit too stressful on the structure of the shoulder. I think you should always be sitting back a little bit or be on a slight decline or incline. Um, Certainly, that's naturally achieved if you're doing a push-press standing or so forth because you naturally do tend to lean back a little bit. I don't know if, Charles, you would agree with that.
1: I don't like going overhead seated.
0: You don't like going overhead what, sorry?
1: I don't like lifting overhead when you're seated from a seated position. Right, right. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that.
0: Yeah, I think that can be very damaging. Certainly, I think if you do too much heavy, heavy pressing with a barbell behind your neck, um, I think that could be damaging as well. I, I I think most people who press overhead, and I think everybody should do some degree of pressing overhead, should, like you said, either do it standing so you have a natural, little bit of a natural lean back on it or do it with some sort of dumbbells or so forth so it's you're not um, taking yourself unnaturally out of kind of your sh- shoulder girdles groove by having the bar kind of being pushed behind your neck. You no, know, um, Rob. Just
1: just to push my little uh, pain over performance agenda. Think about this again. Why would you press overhead in a seated position when you could do it standing? Why would anyone do that? Well, that goes to a point I, I, I actually wanted to
0: make about five ten minutes can, ago. But the whole concept of it. I once I once read somebody say that you know always do things standing if possible, and I, I totally pers- you know subscribe to that whole idea of that. Certainly, always lift something while you're standing as opposed to sitting, if at all possible.
2: I want to steal one before Scott or Kale takes it. Um, my biggest one would be don't do anything that you're standing on a ball or a wobble board or any log that's <laughs> It's crap like that, unless you're in the surface. Wait, what, he what do you no think? No doing exercise standing on an unstable surface.
0: You're saying don't squat on a freaking Swiss ball?
2: Yeah, <laughs> Crap like that that's just uncalled for. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> It's amazing how many I, I I was uh used to personal trainer at a gym where one of the other personal trainers used to have all his clients do uh free bar squats on a Swiss ball, and I'll tell you, man, I I was nervous for the guy because I was thinking. That, I mean, he had like very unathletic women doing this. Yeah. It, it's bad at the worst. It, at the best of times, it would be bad. But these these are people who are naturally not very athletic in the first place, yeah. and I swear I almost saw catastrophes every day.
2: Nice, right. or Scott, do you want to jump in here? You just got to kind of force your
1: ways in. Hello, uh, hello. hello. Uh, well, I'll go then. I'll I'll I'll, t- I'll say I I think crunches are completely and patently ridiculous. Yeah.
0: No, I I would agree with you with that one. It uh, it doesn't seem to f- serve any kind of athletic function, to be honest with you. Specifically, when there's the other things you can do that kind of almost invariably incorporate. Its- a, a slight crunch within the whole kind of mechanics of the overall thing Yeah. just to sit down and do crunches i don't know i, I don't really know who's really getting anything out of that <laughs> i
4: i personally have found you know uh well for myself and several other guys you know variations of pullovers and some people are really big on them dumbbell pullovers barbell pullovers i know they're not near as popular as they were when i was younger it was a kind of thing expand your rib cage or whatever, but I found for shoulders, <laughs> elbows, all that. That's just something that I don't do. I remember uh Nautilus had like a giant pullover machine that was hugely yeah. popular at the YMCA's and I always thought they were hugely horrible. So that's probably one of those things that yeah, I just don't do ever.
0: I would really no. agree with that. I used to I used to be quite big on dumbbell pullovers and I got like really strong on those and I find that yeah, I don't think those are probably the most helpful thing for your shoulders. No. I have one
2: more to add to the to-do list. Um, I think all the women should find one of those old Nautilus
1: machines, the adduction abduction machine. They should all have it. Oh, absolutely! Don't machine. go there, Phil. Don't go there. Don't go there. You know, the you know I, I used to I used to run a weight room in a YMCA, and this was right when Nautilus came out, and they ordered all this Nautilus and they uh, they mistakenly positioned that machine facing out into the center of the room instead of, like, more discreetly, like, and it didn't take long to realize that, uh, you know, the, the better positioning was to face it toward the corner of a room. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm sure that same scenario repeated itself hundreds of thousands of times across gyms, you know.
4: There is actually one of those machines here in Salina, Kansas at a commercial gym still, one of the old nautilus, uh, right. the goldish-brown painted yeah. nautilus one still sitting there. And uh yeah and I actually I train there one day a week and that's plenty for training there and uh I I every time I go in there somebody's on it it cracks me up when there'll be a guy on there drinking a coke you know and watching the football game that's the best
1: Hey Scott I got to like I got to I got to tell you man I think the the even a a a more useless Nautilus machine was that uh I forget what they call it but that single leg like uh, where you're on your back and you kind of <laughs> You know what I mean? Multi-hip, yes. whatever, multi-hip With, with the seatbelt thing. It had the
4: seatbelt uh, on it. You could without
1: see, that you... seatbelt, man, you, would, you <laughs> were toast. I mean, you had to have the seatbelt. But I just, you know, do you remember what I'm talking about? You start with both legs up, and there's like a roller under each knee, and then you extend one leg at a time. And
4: oh, I, I think it might be the missing link to overall strength.
1: <laughs>
4: you know? I, I secretly do them all the
0: time. I just don't really, now everybody knows. Does anybody here particularly think there's any... Point in trying to isolate the rear de- the rear, de- rear deltoid? No. I mean, like, like Phil was saying earlier. I mean, if you're if you're doing your back work, I mean, is it really necessary to be trying to isolate the rear deltoid? No, I, I
2: think d- that's the problem is that just people generally aren't doing enough rowing.
0: Right. Know? Well, it seems to be. I mean, I was rowing actually just last night, and I was thinking to myself, wait a minute. In, in the six months or so that I've been at the gym I'm at right now, I don't think I've ever seen anybody actually row off the floor or yeah. do much rowing at all, to, yeah. for that matter. It's not cool to do. It doesn't make you look better in the tight shirt.
1: You know? <laughs> well, don't don't you guys think rear delts yeah. are kind of like calves? You kind of have them or you don't have them. It kind of doesn't really matter what you do.
0: Well, yeah, and like and like you say like they were saying if if, if you're rowing something, you're either, you know, you're either stable in that in that environment there or you're not. I mean, yeah, it's just you see, you see these guys and they're spending like 20 minutes doing rear delts something and well, you'd probably be better off just to do some freaking rows of some type and just can that altogether. Yeah.
4: I do occasionally throw some band work in with, oh, with, yeah. with, with for tendonitis and stuff from the straw man, but as far as actually doing rear delt movements, I, I don't. I don't really find any use for them, you know. As far as,
0: you know, from for my use at least. Yeah. Okay. Let me ask you, okay, further to what Charles just said, because that was a good point about you know calves. Either you got them or you don't. Um, I just like to, I'd like to get your before I kind of say what I want to say. I want to get your opinions on forearm work. What do you think about, like, specific forearm work?
3: Kale, you can oh. head this one up. Um, if you're single and you do plenty <laughs> of bed and, and stuff, plenty of stuff that you got to hold something in, I think you're fine. You know, I, I don't think wrist curls and all that crap really helps very much.
0: Well, I mean, you can do reverse wrist curls, like, with what, like, 25, 30 pounds? I mean, is it is it, is it really worth it? I mean, certainly, I think... Um, I once read somebody say, you know, whenever you grab anything in the gym, just really grab it tightly. Yeah. And there's your yeah. grip training right there. Um, as long as you're not like overusing like uh, wrist straps and well, that type of thing as heavy well. Enough, but enough,
2: you got to grab
3: it tightly by default. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> you know. My
3: forearms blew up when I started doing um, thumbless farmers walks because you know you got your you know your palm and
0: Sure. Sure. Yeah.
3: That you know.
0: But again, then, that's that's
3: got two hundred. 30, 250 pounds in each hand and you're walking with it, holding it up like that, you're going to, you know, they're going to grow.
0: Exactly. You're doing something that's functionally, you know, directly applicable to to a, an athletic type of.
1: You, you know, know n- yeah. to get back to Nautilus, Nautilus leg extension is a great a great forearm drill. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh,
1: okay. I got you. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right. I think
0: there's like,
2: a seatbelt on that machine, too.
0: I had to think about that one for a minute, but yeah, you're right. They're very big yeah. on the seatbelts.
3: Yeah. I like the safety good girl, bad girl for uh, work personally.
0: I can't believe we haven't even <laughs> talked about that yet. Have we talked about leg extension yet?
3: No,
2: but it's I, yeah. useless. I, I'd put it before leg curl actually.
0: Yeah, me too. I think leg curls are actually a, a damn good exercise if you're comparing it to leg extension. I actually do leg like curls too, as yeah. far as cause, cause of the hamstrings
4: being a weak point, but it's not a focus, you know, as far as that goes. But yeah, as far as usefulness on an, on an athletic field I don't think there's probably a whole lot, like he was saying.
0: I remember Charles once said many, many months ago, he was saying, Is there any really Is there any time in existence or in that like uh, application where you're going to be, you know, doing flexion through the knee without any sort of hip flexion?
2: And and even more so, doing it without a load, pushing on that knee joint.
0: Yeah, I've always said to people, I think actually a squat done properly is much, much more. Le- or less harmful on the knee joint than than okay. the leg extensions. I think leg extensions are disastrous, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah,
2: so it's pulling that knee out of its socket while you're pushing load on it. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's,
0: it's very, very unnatural. To, it's it's yeah. such a shearing force on the knee, and I I think I think in in the in instance of somebody rehabilitating something with very very light weights, it can be useful. But I mean, let's face it, nine times out of ten, anybody who's using the leg extension, the guys who are using the leg extension in the gym, they're they're not doing, you know, like just really squeezing reps with, you know, 50 pounds. They've got like the whole stack on, and they're like, you know, their ass is coming off. They, they definitely need a seatbelt. You know, their ass is coming off. They're jamming the thing up, and it's like, and wow, air- that's – know an airbag. I'd like to come back and see how your knees are doing in 10 years if you're still doing that.
1: <laughs> so. uh, that would be a great Nautilus uh, in, in, innovation, you know. It's like if once you've exceeded your weight, the uh, the airbag goes off. <laughs> 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 nice.
0: Yeah, no, I think I think uh leg extensions are absolutely useless pretty much unless yeah.
2: Now that we're like, now that we're in the twenty first century too, they could do away with like the seat belt and just have everybody wear velcro pants. <laughs> <laughs> and they just stick to the seat. <laughs> that would that
1: would be incredible and you could like you'd have to suit up before you go into the this one. Yeah, that's yeah. a good idea.
2: <laughs> it's marketing. They'd, you know, they'd have to buy a new pair of pants every once in a
1: while. That is – that's like the David Letterman thing where he, like, jumps onto the Velcro yeah. wall.
0: <laughs>
1: that's, you know, so think about this, okay? You know, you're doing strict curls. So instead of merely just putting your back to the wall, like, you stick literally just attach yourself to that wall, and then that freaking curl is yeah. strict. Because you can stick the
2: back of your triceps and everything to the wall. So just
1: flexion, you know, <laughs> That would be perfect.
0: What do you guys think of, like, uh, shrugs?
1: Uh, I haven't done a shrug in, like, 12 years.
0: Like, do you really think, I mean, I, I, apart from maybe adding a couple of real light high rep sets at the end of a deadlift workout or something like that, um, if you are training like a man and you actually are pulling some deadlifts and stuff like that, um, do you really think it's necessary to devote 15, 20 minutes to doing, like, dumbbell dumbbell shrugs or something?
2: No. Um, I, my biggest thing, I got, I got here. I hadn't done... I was a... Uh, what, a 680-pound deadlifter when I moved here, and my traps weren't that big. Uh, I started Olympic lifting, and my traps started to explode. And there is an explosive shrug component to it, but it's uh, it's not like I'm not shrugging to shrug. It's part of a greater movement.
0: Well, yeah, absolutely, and I, I know what you're saying, Phil, because like, I'm not an Olympic lifter either, although I do do some power cleans and stuff in, yeah. in my... and
2: and it was power cleans and whatnot that really
1: started to explode my, my traps.
0: Hell yeah, absolutely that like yeah. quick movement definitely it, it i
1: wish that would work for me
4: <laughs> <laughs> that's actually pretty I, well, interesting from a, from olympic lifting so i always had a problem even though i had i had a pretty big squat when i was younger and then i was in college playing ball and stuff even i had a hard time getting my legs to ever grow back then mm-hmm. and that, now everything growed has grown unfortunately but um you know when i started olympic lifting i got bored with everything else with powerlifting bodybuilding stuff all that and uh I, that that's when I started noticing. Yeah, a lot of like you know, as far as traps getting bigger, and actually yeah. that was the first time I noticed that my legs actually you know responding well and growing a lot was when I started Olympic lifting.
2: So a lot of the explosion and, and
0: whatnot, I think. Do you mean from from the context of like with your thighs? Do you mean like um, more explosive movements in the in the Olympic squat stuff like that? Yeah, I think it's overall maybe maybe hitting you know different areas of the leg that I mean, I wasn't hitting with the
4: squatting for some reason when I was. I had a hard time putting weight on, which as Phil knows me, it's hard to believe that ever happened at one point in my life. But, um, you know, when I was all throughout college, I always struggled to actually put on weight and put on size as far as, you know, especially with legs, upper body, not so much. And, uh, you know, I squatted heavy and I did the five by five and the different things. And it seemed never Now I started doing, you know, heavy, you know, or I started doing Olympic cleans, you know, snatches, uh, heavy Oli squats, even that type of stuff I really noticed a
3: lot you, know, a lot you of think it's, uh, partially because just about everything you do in Olympic lifting involves some sort of squat movement, so it's just the extra volume? It could be. It could be,
1: yeah. Or, you know, more likely it's just it was just a novel form of stress. Mm. Um, right, yeah. what I would attribute that to.
0: What do you guys think of the um, cable
1: crossover? You know, I was just thinking about that. It's good for a photo op. Yeah, it's, it's good when you get sunglasses really, on. Really,
2: really loaded up
0: before you go you to the bar
1: it for the
2: Iron Cross. You know, to, <laughs> to train for it. Yeah.
0: That
4: was some press downs and some high rep dumbbell girls right before you go out to the club. That's that's actually the way to go.
3: That's yeah. my Friday night.
0: <laughs> How about something like a neck press?
2: No, I don't see any use for neck work.
0: No, I mean no, I mean like uh, do the doing the bench presses put the bar down to the neck and Viz Durando's no longer with us so he can't uh, hunt us down, and kill us.
1: <laughs> it, hey speaking a... speaking of cleans, uh you guys should check out our latest YouTube video that we made yesterday. <laughs> and uh I taught Hill how to do a power clean with a Hatfield safety squat bar.
3: How,
1: now. Wait, say that again you talking <laughs> how to do a what? I, I, you know what I, a safety I... squat bar is?
3: Yeah. Um,
1: I cleaned oh, it we have a video of Phil doing a power clean with that bar. Well,
4: is there a good reason for that? or
1: Just to do it. Is it <laughs> video?
4: Just, just to make Phil do crazy stuff? Yeah, that was, pretty much. That, that's why that's you, like, you moved to Arizona, so yeah. they could have you just do stuff on
0: YouTube. Exactly.
1: No, I, I realize it's impossible for you to conceptualize what that would look like, <laughs> which is why you need to go see the video. Yeah, I'm going to have to
0: look that one up, because I'm trying to... Get a visual on that one.
1: The, you got to be really careful because the two pads that it, come it, down that you it hold. A, you <laughs> require, out. It requires a lot of precision. Yes. Now, if anybody's listening and they want to get that video, shoot me an email to charles at com. I'll shoot you the video.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to have to send that to me, will you there, Charles?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll send that one. to you. Uh,
0: yeah, I want to see that. So yeah. what other uh, movements are absolutely...
2: Well, here something we got we, a question, we, and it'll probably help us get into some here. Um, Tony from Pacifica, uh, do you think direct arm work is required for athletes in power sports?
0: Anybody? Wow, good question. I would say that certainly some triceps work, um, and maybe just—I uh, mean, I, I think I do probably about maybe four or five sets of biceps a week. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do think you need some. Uh, um, stru- some structural balance in the arm, upper arm, and I, I certainly think you need uh, a certain amount of resilience that, that uh, through the biceps. But I mean, uh, c- certainly doing half an hour worth of biceps work like twice a week, I think, is ridiculous for any like you know functional functioning athlete. I don't, I, I don't know what you guys think.
2: How about you guys on the on the strongman end of it?
0: Hmm. I I do a real I do a real slight
4: amount of higher reps of higher you know and we talk about. Slide. I mean, I literally probably spend two to five minutes on it to help keep some tendonitis away. Mm-hmm. As far as doing heavy, direct, you know, bicep work, like heavy preacher curls, heavy, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, no. I don't, I don't think there's any real good reason for it. A lot of people do it, though. but I
0: don't, I don't think, think it's, it's a good. really good idea. I, I, I read not too long ago that somebody was saying it's very uh, damaging on the elbows to do uh, any sort of bi- direct kind of uh, biceps work where you're actually stabilizing the upper arm, let, let, for instance, like a preacher curl or something like that. I heard that's very damaging on the elbow. Um,
1: I do. I do twice a week. I put a little time into hammer curls. Um, yeah, hammer curls. I think uh, are
0: great. Actually, you know, I, I do should. a
1: lot of. I do a lot of chin. So I feel that the the actual bicep component is taken care of with that. And uh, you can actually do hammer curls with kind of an accelerative, kind of body English type of style that feels functional. You know, and it feels like it's not terribly redundant. Um,
3: that's how I do them. Yeah. I a a little
0: a little yeah. Well you know, we we got uh, a real big deadlifter here with us here, Phil. Phil, what do you think of that? Because I think uh I've I've def- I've definitely noticed that if I've been doing a lot of biceps work um on those weeks that I'm doing like a lot of deadlifting that mm-hmm. uh I, I definitely notice elbow pain starting to rear it's ugly head. I, I think if you're uh, I think I think I recall Ed Cohn once telling me it's the same thing, saying I, that he I uh, use I use
2: like Scott, um I've adopted using there's one day a week. I go in there, and I don't care what weight it is. I'm pushing out 20 to 30 reps just to get blood flow, and that really saves my elbows. On
0: the, on the biceps? Yes. Like just a, you
4: Just deadlift. a set or two? Is that what you do too, Phil, or are you doing a lot of sets?
2: No, it might just be two sets. Yeah, okay. And it's very light and high rep. Yeah, before um, you do deadlifts? After. Oh, after, yeah, after you do deadlifts. Okay, gotcha. Just keep the pain away.
0: Right. No, I agree with that. I'm not, I'm certainly wouldn't suggest that. I that's kind of the the way I kind of uh apply that as well to be honest with you. I just mean like if you're doing a lot of biceps direct kind of biceps work, I think it's very easy to overtrain the whole area yeah. You're doing a lot of rowing and deadlifting cuz I mean, let's face it, there's so much stress that's put on the biceps when you're, yeah. you know, um working at limit strength for deadlifts and those types of things that if you're doing a lot of extracurricular Direct biceps work, I think that could just lead to all sorts of problems. Because I mean, let's face it: um, when if people are going to tear things, they're going to tear things like the biceps. Yeah. Well, um, I, so I you know, think you got to be careful with that, specifically, specifically if you are that, a strength athlete and you are doing those type of heavy pulls and so forth.
2: Another reason why I adopted that it was mainly after again I blew my bicep.
0: Sure. I sure. honestly
2: think I wasn't. I needed to be doing more of that light restorative type training for yeah. biceps. I was just tearing them up and yanking on things and, and rowing hard and doing stones and kegs. and You, you know, t-
4: e- tore yours doing a stone lift, isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's, that's I, I, I never, I didn't have a distal tear myself. I had a tear up in the muscle belly, actually, yeah. and it was also doing stones. At the time, I would kind of got into doing some heavy, heavy, strict curling with a training partner, kind of helping him. He he does power sports in one of the powerlifting federations yeah. to kind of help help get him going, you know, and kind of push him a little bit. I said, I'll do these, too. And literally within six weeks, that's when I'd pop mine, yep. you know.
0: I, I like the fact, Phil that you're saying how about restore. you use the word I think restorative mm-hmm. um and how those relate to kinda of higher rep things. I've I've become a big kind of proponent of the whole idea of, of maybe doing some of these, these lesser used exercises Again, specifically to people who are like athletes or strength athletes, but doing them at the end of the workout for just like maybe even one set yeah. and doing a, a ultra, ultra high, high reps with it. Mm-hmm. Um, even going back to what I was saying about the cable crossovers, like, you know, once in a while, just at the very end, tail end, doing like, you know, 30 reps with a lightweight, just to kind of, right. again, to use your word, a restorative thing, just kind of not. In a tr- to, to induce a training effect, but more just to draw a lot of blood into the area to almost facilitate kind of like a, a recuperation.
2: I mean, because in real life, I mean, elbow flexion, you're not really going to be doing it heavy in anything in real life. You're not going to walk up something heavy, and I'm just going to pick this up with my freaking bicep.
4: You
0: right.
2: Know? The only thing you use that, I mean, is shoving food in your mouth.
4: It's if, a you, if you do do that, usually the injury is a result. You know, yeah. with tire flipping, with stone yeah. lifting, when you start using those biceps too much and not relying on the other areas, that's yeah. usually when you see somebody pop one.
1: Exactly. Tire flipping, by the way, is like the ultimate bicep exercise, if, <laughs> if I was to oh. say. I mean, wow. Yeah.
0: I can believe that, yeah. But, I mean, going to what you're just saying right there, wouldn't you say, I mean, certainly as it relates to biceps, that's absolutely true, but to extrapolate that a little bit further, don't you think that kind of applies to everything I mean, in real life, you don't lift anything in, I mean, very rarely do you lift anything, certainly anything of, of significance in, in an isolated fashion, right? So, and this That's is right. why I've always kind of said that a lot of, you know, really elite bodybuilders are, are tremendously strong, but they can't display power mm-hmm. because they've trained the body so um, specifically and compartmentalized that they really haven't trained their nervous system or anything else to mechanically work as a unit. Yeah. So when when you ask them to do something very athletic, like you you know cl- clean a barbell or do something like you know a very complex complex overall body movement, they can't do it. Even though the individual parts are very strong, they've never been trained to work together um, synergistically. So um, I don't know. Yeah, I hear you.
1: Um, no, I, I, no, I was going to say. I, I mean, your point is well taken, but yeah. um, I sure. still think there's a difference between lifting something significant. Using only one joint, I mean that runs counter to how you're wired and
0: uh, I sure
3: think well yeah. if you want to go off that point i don't i don't know how i don't think i've ever in real life. Put anything on my back and stood up with it. Really, you know, but it's still correct. You know, it's very oh, on, uh, functional dude. for everyday things. So. <clears throat> Look at Conan in the movie; he had to put that wall on his back, man, and that's that's real life. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess a couple times you put stuff on your shoulders and stuff, but if you, you know. kind of go
4: by that deal, though, for sports wise, and then I know this is there's a lot of football co football coaches and you know out there who who love the bench press and a lot of strength coaches that hate it because you know for football yeah. if you're on the ground pushing something off you you've done the wrong thing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, and,
4: and you know, what's funny also from having a powerlifting analytic with both background, I, I bench press. And at times I even, I even fight myself with that, wondering why why the hell am I doing this? You know, even, it's just something I don't actually enjoy doing as far as yeah, that yeah. goes. I do bench though, you know, but, you know, a lot of times for athletic deals, I wonder how, how useful it actually is for being a main movement.
3: No, when I you're on your feet, yeah. you, you lose all of course, you know, so you're not getting any real core stability with it. Like I see it all the time and, In Strongman, when people, you know, go over and they've been doing the power lifts for a long time and they got, you know, a three-, four-hundred-pound bench, but, you know, then an axle or a log, they put it overhead and they're all over the place. You know, my bench is about the same as my log press because I've just done overhead pressing for so long, you know.
0: But you know what? All that bench pressing that you did probably saves you from being injured in those positions. What's that? I would think that that you know, a good base of doing things like bench presses and having a certain amount of strength there would... Um,
3: yeah, it's not bad, It's you know, if you have strong tri- triceps that can...
0: Yeah, yeah well, but I mean, even just from a, strong point, a standpoint of just like um, structural integrity, you know, all these things that we're talking about kind of um, build towards what I like to refer to as, you know, structural integrity, just the, the ability to do something that's very intense in an anaerobic fashion and not blow apart.
2: No, yeah. I mean, I totally do agree on the overhead press thing. I mean, I'm a power lifter, and I bench, and I bench a lot. You know, I bench frequently. But from an athletic standpoint, nah. I mean, it's definitely overhead press. It would be heavy overhead pressing for athletes. There's not any time in your life that your body is going to be – you're going to be pushing a heavy load straight away from you. In football, when you're pressing, you're leaning into it, and it's an overhead press. With your you back know. supported, too, is the main thing. You know, you're leaning well over to where, you know, when you're pushing with your arms your body is in—it's tilted, let's say a 45-degree angle, into another person and you're pressing with your arms. Right. Um, you, if you run up to a wall and or a door and try to push it open, you're not going to do it standing fully erect. <laughs> it just yeah. doesn't work that way.
0: Okay, so if there's two exercises, I want to ask a question of everybody here now, okay, and this is the question. If you, oh, you're on a desert island, okay, I guess we'll use a desert island scenario, and you can only perform two two movements, only two for the rest of your life, which ones are they? So we'll start with Phil. Oh,
2: great! Gotta start with me. Um, oh boy, jeez! Deadlift and overhead press. Okay.
1: Hmm. Charles, I guess you got to think about this in terms of uh, function or entertainment value. So, yeah. if it was for entertainment value, I'd want a snatch for sure. But, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say. Uh, Boy, it's hard to ignore deadlift. Clean and jerk and deadlift.
0: Okay. I think, you know, is, I mean, everybody knows that I'm kind of the, the squat guy, but you know what? Thinking about it, I think you're right. I think I, I'd go with, uh, Bill, I think some sort of overhead press and some sort of uh, hybrid deadlift, mm. maybe not strictly conventional or sumo or stuff like just kind of a hybrid one and, and some 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 type of uh, incline press standing.
3: Yeah, I go with an 18-inch deadlift and a log clean and press just to stroke my ego in front of nobody. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's
3: the monkey. What do you?
1: Hey, hey, what do you mean 18-inch deadlift? What do you mean by that?
3: Like a rack pull. Oh, I, I mean okay. it's something that you know. Yeah. Peeping at, but no, it probably really would be a, just a standard deadlift and a log clean and press. I think you know the. The log, you kind of lift it up, and you get a row moment movement out of it when you yes. clean it, and you know there's Good kind point. of like a power clean when you roll it up, kind of so it combines a couple more things into it. Scott, uh, I would
4: say for for me probably squat and deadlift. I'm 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 a squat guy also, and I have kind of a hard time thinking that you shouldn't do that. Yeah.
1: yeah. You know yeah, what? I yeah, I have
0: I I I have to squat. I don't think I could get away with change. not squatting. You
1: can't change just because he had a better answer. Okay. <laughs> I honestly
0: would probably cheat because
4: it would be just be on that island. I'd probably overhead press also, but if
0: I have the barbell, I don't, you know. Yeah. All right, well, that was a great topic. So what do we got going now, Phil?
2: Yeah, it was good. I think we're just going to kind of cut it loose unless you guys have anything more to say.
3: Scott or Cale, uh, you want to add anything, ask anything?
0: I think I'm good.
3: Kale. What do you guys think about the ab machines, like the rotational twist ab machine? I saw a couple people doing that in the gym, and I just I had to look uh, the other way. I'd rather see you throw things. Yeah, you know, if you get out and throw things heavy, it's a lot more yeah. fun,
2: like
3: a <laughs> medics ball or something.
0: That yeah, we, um, I know. Well, I think any, I think any situation where you can replicate, you know, one one of those exercises into an athletic environment, I think that's always the better better yeah. choice.
2: Yeah. All right. That'd be my choice.
4: Alright guys, good show.
2: Yeah, thanks for joining us today, Kayla and Scott. Um
4: good No time. problem.
0: Welcome. Hope, um hopefully we'll all talk soon. And
4: uh sounds good, guys, thanks for letting us
0: on. Yeah. Alright, so until uh next week Iron Radio listeners, see you later.
3: The Iron Radio Podcast. All of the audio are not worth it. it's You're
0: interested in studying diet or an exercise program. Also, should be helpful for the anti-titus, and qualified exercise physiologists to support projects.